be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you remember I said with the last words on my lips that I am a revolutionary. And you're going to have to keep on saying that. You're going to have to say that I am a proletarian. I am the people. I'm not the pig. You've got to make a distinction. And the people are going to have to attack the pig. The people are going to have to stand up against the pig. That's what the pastors are doing. That's what the pastors are doing all over the world. You have the emergence in human society of this thing that's called the state. What is the state? The state is this organized bureaucracy. It is the police department. It is the army, the navy. It is the prison system, the courts, and what have you. This is the state. It is a repressive organization. But the state, and you know, you've got to have the police, because if there were no police, look at what you'd be doing to yourselves. You'd be killing each other if there were no police. But the reality is, the police become necessary in human society. You know how we think Organize the hood under our chain banners Red, black, and green instead of gang bandanas FBI spying on us through the radio antennas And them hitting cameras in the street like watching society With no respect for the people's right to privacy I take a slug for the cause like Huey P While all you fake niggas try to copy Master P I wanna be free to live Able to have what I need to live Bring the power back to the street where the people live We sick of working for crumbs and filling up the prisons Dying over money and relying on religion for help We do for self like ants in a colony Organize the wealth into a socialist economy A way of life based off the common needs And all my comrades is ready, he just spreading the seed You have a black male Live a third of his life in a jail cell Cause the world is controlled by the white male And the people don't never get justice And the women don't never get respected and the problems don't never get solved And the jobs don't never pay enough So the rent always be late Can you relate? We living in a No more bondage Hello Marcus, you there? Welcome to Revolutionary Tracks Although I'm not Marcus today I'm still uh, introducing the show uh, That was uh, Dead Press, Police State Marcus, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um happy that uh, we can do a Fuck 12 Friday and bring it to Colin. Um, and uh, probably the best person to bring on for uh, a good Fuck 12 Friday is uh, Richie from People City Council. So uh, very excited. Uh-oh. And he kind of just disappeared there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's back. Good. I tried to unmute, and uh, I don't know. I must have pressed leave. But yeah, yeah. Fuck twelve Friday. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about propaganda. Definitely something that we push back on um, all the time. You know, especially I think like uh, what uh, I, I kind of wanted to open with a different different track. Uh, I am probably going to play it uh, in a little while. Uh, but especially when you talk about propaganda, like uh, one of the most I mean, the, the the strongest, I guess, like elements of propaganda on television is like, of course, Law and Order SVU. Um, and like one of the members of the permanent members of the cast is Ice-T, who actually had like a, his break as being one of the earliest and like, you know, most militant of like gangster rappers and uh, basically invented the genre and is supposed to be like 
gangster rap in it at its from its inception uh was supposed to be about like you know fuck the police and like uh, essentially the gangsterism was directed against the the cops more than towards like a rival gang or anything like that more so so it's just kind of wild especially i i mean like uh, in the the twitch call uh, especially you kind of pointed out how snoop dog uh, i think uh, backed one of the cop candidates or like the pro cop candidates in the recent elections so how do you how do you trace this kind of evolution especially as like even the most militant of like uh, rappers kind of like now adopt a, a position that is like more or less just status quo even like more fascist than not well y- yeah um snoop uh, snoop rolled over on his security guard a long time ago and said that he didn't want to be a part of that gangster life uh in the 90s um and so yeah i mean i i think it's um definitely uh partially a class thing like people get get rich and um you know their their interests change um but it is it is pretty wild to see um how that happens and it's just like an important reminder that we can all be co-opted and and we um we have to struggle against it we have to um we have to really resist um selling out and conforming and um giving up on our values and i um ideas um and i i think it's just like a, a perfect example of that, you know, and, and how capitalism uh, impacts us all and, and the just like living in America with the power of celebrity and stuff definitely warps people's uh, views on, on or warps how they view the world. Um, you know, uh, sorry, go ahead, Marcus. Well, I was going to say in, kind of to talk and bring it to like how you know, like your organizing efforts you know i think karthik paints like a, a very good picture of like you know where the united states currently is as far as like you know support for the police generally um and not through just media but through you know like i think average cops take up about like 30 percent of like local budgets mm. um in some cases it's more um but then you know when you've got after the wave of of, of uh, protests after the murder of George Floyd, you know you've got this slogan that comes up: uh, "Defund the police." You know, I think within abolitionist circles, abolish the fucking abolish the police has has been a saying forever, right? right. That's the whole point. Right. Um, but in a wider context, you have people um, saying defund the police. And in one sense, you, you know, the response is, well, you know, we need police, and, and, and which Dead Prez accurately uh, uh, describes. Um, but I, 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 I'm wondering, you know, as someone that's on the ground, like, how do you really see it, especially from a people's perspective of, you know, are people really, you know, are they for cops regardless? Um, or, you know, are you, you know, actually being able to organize around defunding the police, funding actual services that people need and rely on, um, and and also not being over-policed for regular everyday actions. Yeah, of course. And so I, I think, the, you know, it's important to know that the, the police actually aren't that popular. Um, 
but they are the muscle of capital and um, and and they get a large percent of our budget and the budget is dictated by elected officials and the elected officials take money from the police. And so you have a whole ruling class ecosystem um, making the laws and stuff. Um, but that doesn't dictate like whether the police are popular or not, you know, um, because black and brown communities um, everywhere. And, you know, but especially in Los Angeles, like they, they understand the impacts of uh, policing, over policing, the militarization of police, uh, you know, incarceration and, and the war on drugs. And so um, I, I think people people really do want to want to push back. Um, and, you know, L.A. is home to the, you know, 68 and, and 92 uprisings and L.A. showed up pretty big for in 2020. Um, and, and, you know, and then we're seeing in these elections um, that the cop candidates aren't that popular. And the police union spent over four million dollars um, basically fear mongering, uh, in this election cycle and they only won one of their races. Um, and they even, and, and that one is still going to go to a runoff in November. And so, you know, we are seeing that you are able to organize. Um, but also, you know, what I do think is important that you either, need to have an idea of a system the processes to to at least start to make people understand abolition um and how you know when we just talk about like housing um or uh, mental health services and you know with people we have a um homelessness crisis in in los angeles um but you know who enforces getting people off the streets or like moving them around or sweeping them? It's the cops. Um, you know who gets called in to evict people from their houses and apartments in Los Angeles? It's the fucking LA County Sheriff's Department. Um, and so people understand like this violence happening from the state all around them. Um, but you have to you have to give them. And it, and it also is just like when you're talking and when you're questioning people about do you support defund the police or do you support the police? That's just one question. And for people who aren't abolitionists or people who don't aren't heavily involved in this issue, that one question, they may they that doesn't dictate, you know, how they feel um, like they but. Well, what we've seen with the People's Budget LA Coalition, um, that, so that's a, a defund project in Los Angeles. Um, in the first year, we surveyed 27,000 people and 98% of the people wanted to spend on things other than the police. Um, or excuse me, uh, people wanted to spend the budget on 98% of things other than the police. And so that just showed us that when given options, um, when it's just not just one question, when you give people a breakdown of, uh, you know, the city's budget and with $3.2 billion going to LAPD, well, what if we spent that on housing, homelessness, education, mental health, food programs, job programs, 
all these different options, well, people, people will then understand when you show that youth development gets 0.01% of what LAPD gets in our budget. You know, those are things that people can see. Um, and so you just have to be able to, um, and there, there's going to be pushback, you know, there is going to be pushback within the community. Um, but you just have to keep showing people that there is a different way. Um, but then you're also fighting the media and, and the people in the ruling class. And so it is difficult, but yeah, you know, it is possible. Yeah, you know, especially the, on the point of media, I was going to say earlier uh, earlier as well uh, that uh, before the votes even got counted, before the votes got counted properly, like the entire, uh, I guess, like all of the media establishments, including the New York Times for some fucking reason, um, and the LA Times, and, and I, I say that because New York Times is like obviously based uh, in New York, and like they were so quick to comment on the LA elections as like a sort of verdict on... Um, uh, activism and like uh, defund the police and like basically uh, a more lax kind of uh, criminal justice approach and stuff like that and they're basically um, using this uh, the results of the election to kind of uh, insinuate that people want more tough on crime democrats and stuff like that and uh, we, it was eventually revealed that all of the elections have basically gone extremely well for the candidates who ran more militantly against uh, against the, the police and uh, in slashing po- police budgets and so on uh, uh, but like, uh, speak to that, and also like, uh, can I, can, I, can you give us a little bit of a picture of uh, your uh, campaigning for, especially the more militant candidates like uh, Kenneth Mejia, who was like, you know, considered a long shot by a by a long shot. Like, so uh, how how did that turn out, and like, you know, how was your reaction to the kind of media uh, almost like blitz that uh, that immediately happened right after the election uh, to insinuate that like this was supposed to be a verdict on uh, defund and, uh, you know, like basically police reform. Yeah, absolutely. And like uh, just operating from a sense that the media really doesn't have our best interests in mind there. You know, there may be a few people within the uh, media that you trust or think are good, but um, just like hopping on it so quick without, without, um, without waiting for the results to fully come in, um, they, they're already uh, manufacturing consent on behalf of the police and on behalf of, uh, you know, uh, the real estate lobby and on behalf of the, the people already in power. Um, and so that's not some small thing to fight against. Um, but fortunately, you know, like uh, with the Kenneth Mejia campaign, they did a real masterclass in messaging in public education. Um, but that's just one aspect of it, you know, uh, the strategy behind it and, you know, doing TikToks uh, to reach a younger crowd, but also to educate people and to get the message out. So like people that, that want to give Kenneth a hard time about uh, spending so much of his time doing, which isn't that much, but spending time on TikToks. Well, one, he's educating people and he's bringing young people into the process. Um, and then billboards. Kenneth put up like 
dozens and dozens of billboards basically um, exposing the, the, the budget in Los Angeles and how much the police get. Um, and just showing people um, how police get, LAPD gets $3.2 billion in homelessness and housing get a combined like $1 billion. Well, people are like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why, why is that happening? Um, and Kenneth's position as controller, um, it's a, you know, quote unquote, nonpartisan, like nonpolitical position. But as far as like auditing and uh, revealing uh, and just as far as transparency goes, uh, it's all about public education and getting resources out to people. Um, so, you know, Kenneth showing uh, where like there, there are certain housing covenants all over the city. He made a map, his team made a map of the housing covenants all over the city um, and where, you know, certain things like rent control will be protected. Um, they, they broke down where parking tickets ha- have been given across the city. They created a database of every single city employee's uh, salary and bonus and OT. Um, and, and so within that, you know, it shows that over a thousand LAPD officers make over $200,000 a year. Like, um, and that seems, that seems bad even to, to people that aren't abolitionists and, and people that are defunding. And so I think like really combating the propaganda with facts um, in an easy, accessible way that people in 2022 can receive. And so we're on our phone all the time, right? We're inundated with propaganda, with capitalist propaganda. Um, we're seeing certain graphics. We're, we're on TikTok. We're, we're on these social media platforms already. Um, and so how do you take the tactics that capital and big tech are using in their algorithms and all these things um, to, to boost their content. How can you use that to get your message out? And I think that is just, um, you know, one really uh, important tool that campaigns in Los Angeles, specifically Kenneth Mejia used in this election. Uh, one of the tools that like uh, especially capital uses and like this is kind of re- re- relevant to uh, this election um, as well is uh, when they trot out like these high profile celebrities and this is like we're talking about LA so like the the, the kind of like this some of the superstars of Hollywood kind of came out and vocally uh, sprung for uh, the other candidates uh, that, that you the Democrat candidates that uh, you know the, the likes of Kenneth Mejia and Gina Viola as you said uh, ran against. Um, and um, we usually think that like that's supposed to have a kind of impact um, on people's minds, like when they go and vote. Um, and like one, it kind of shows the class priorities, as uh, I, I was like telling you on Twitch, uh, the class priorities of the celebrities, especially the most liberal ones, even the ones who, uh, you know, post about the fist and like the pride flag and stuff. I mean, like we're talking the same week that Beyonce releases a song uh, about like uh, workers and shit like that. But then like this is also the same person who and uh, whose husband like basically, uh, you know, uh, crossed the picket line uh, during a strike at the Oscars party. Um, and uh, given that, like this is the reality of these people, um, how were you able to kind of get the message across that this is the true face of 
the kind of people that you're talking about and like that their their endorsements technically like whether it's Katy Perry endorsing Rick Caruso or like Kim Kardashian or any of them like this doesn't count for shit because they don't really have your best interests at heart well like all of it a big thing in this is like those people don't even live in Los Angeles, you know, like, and they don't even engage with uh, LA politics. So the fact that they hopped in, I think it backfired against Caruso because people were like, um, well, like who Kim Kardashian's uh, endorsement. Sure. Like she'll put it out to her millions of followers and, and some People uh, will be influenced by it. But for a lot of people, they were like, oh, well, here's this. And this was after fucking like Gwyneth Paltrow. And so just like you could clearly see what Caruso was doing. And um, so it is like pointing out people's enemies. Um, But also it's not just from like the individual endorsements and things like that, you know, it's the prior work of showing that Caruso is an anti-abortion Republican billionaire. And now all suddenly um, these, these rich celebrities are endorsing him. Um, Something, something seems up. And also in a city with a, you know, homelessness crisis, which is a, a clear class and like um, race thing as well. Like, people don't think that a bunch of rich people are regardless of like your political standing. I think like a bunch of rich people um, aren't really going to know how to solve the homelessness crisis. Um, And so I, I I think it was just laying the groundwork of showing people who Rick Caruso was. And then on top of it, these, these rich celebrities are endorsing him um, and they don't live in LA. It was just, laying it out for people like that, I think, uh, they were, they were able to understand. Yeah. And, and, you know, we kind of like, we kind of, and like living in the air and this is, you know, off of reading said, you know, like not me, uh, 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 coming up with this, we live in the era of post politics, you know, which means like a lot of the institutions actions that people believe, uh, will kind of, you know, create change. Don't, you know, and you like, mm-hmm. look at, BLM protests, Me Too, you know, what have you, even, you know, any of these things that with you know, going on with abortion rights, um, they don't reflect change in the society. This is also reflective in, you know, in celebrity, in which case you would assume, right, some type of celebrity is someone that, like, is famous because they're able to tie into the narratives of a lot of people. Um, but that's not what we see. It, it, it's been flipped to a point now where it's someone that's just looked looked up to and to be, you know, <laughs> adulated and, and for, for all of their things. But yeah, when it comes down to it, you know, like someone like, I mean, Carly brought up Jay-Z. And another thing too is like, right now, jay Z is trying to institute a program uh, in which case, like, uh, uh, people in low-income housing in New York are given, are given crypto opportunities to, uh, to be able to, you know, make money and shit. And it's like, this is and it's like while the crypto fucking plunge is happening, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So literally. it's just it's just absurd and like people can easily recognize like this person does not give a shit about me. They may be able to sing a good song, right? They may be able to something I could fucking shake my ass to, but other than that, this person kind of sucks. 
Um, <laughs> but I do want to say too, because I know uh, you only got a few minutes. I don't want to, you know, say the calls are open, um, and you know, I, I, I'm hoping that there is, you know, some, some you know, like question, like questions around organizing and, and being able to cut through the the you know over overarching narratives, you know, and and actually being able to reach people. Um, because I mean, I think a lot of the work that you're doing, Richie, a lot of the work of the left in the United States is is completely encompassed in kind of that framework of having to cut through a grand narrative um, that people off of their lived experience can recognize is a lie. Right. And and it's, it's happening to right in front of us, you know, um, the, the lived experience thing, um, you know, there's already marginalized impacted communities that understand, but with this new, uh, generation um, with young people uh, and, and you know millennials understand the student debt crisis right that is a that is a you know a crisis that um, really fucking blew up during our generation and then young people are like seeing fucking no action on climate change and like they're seeing their fucking trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming friends like their rights are under attack um and they 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 can see the democratic party uh what they have to offer um and i i think i don't i wouldn't say like it's easy to to cut through that and because there are so many things in entrenched um in the united states um as far as like the the media and all of that goes um but like if you speak up and speak truth to power and and, and show people that there is a different way um you'll be able to create that different way yeah and i think one thing to like also recognize is um uh Largely in like this is establishment media, legacy media, you know, the American people is act, they, they only refer to the American people as the voting electorate. <laughs> Those are the only people that they're actually talking about. Right. Right. You know, and so that's that's one thing. And, and, and you know, we, we talked we talked about this earlier, um, you know, about how electoral politics is just one por- one portion, you know, um, and, and, and yeah, it's recognizing that not only does most people, you know, like most Americans actually don't engage in electoral politics all that often, um, but it's also that many Americans are cut out and separated from the political process. And then you know, even stretching beyond that, there are many people who are denied, you know, just basic mm-hmm. rights, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know like <laughs> of, of, of uh, you know, documentation of being able to exist in, right. in, in this in geographic area. So transcending those lines, you know, necessarily means breaking out of the, 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 the dichotomy of the popular understanding of, of politics, of just, you know, Republican versus Democrat, um, but then also breaking out of the, 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 the singularity, you know, uh, the monopoly that electoral politics has over politics mm-hmm. in our country. Um, and yeah, that's, that's just something that like, you have to you really got to take the time to understand and 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 
and deal with people and, uh, on those on those grounds and, and and really trying to open up, you know, because that's the whole goal of these you know large narratives and stuff like that is to grind down people so yep. that they believe that they can't that there's nothing to be done and this is just you know voting or whatever the fuck you know is maybe the best they can do and so why do it at all it's a waste of time right. um right. so yeah you know just part of it's just like getting people to understand a better world is possible and then what are actually the actions that make that happen and it's not just vote it's it's not just vote and also i think it's super important for for people on the left like vote shaming is whack like don't like if people don't vote i kind of i can't understand it like um for a lot of a lot of reasons that people give I, I i understand it um and then especially like if you just view politics from like a very uh a wide scale like national level yeah i, I wouldn't want to fucking engage with politics the way that like oh my god uh, all of our fucking rights are currently under attack that's scary um it but I think like a big thing is getting people locally to engage. You have to organize your communities, your workplace, your household. Um, Cause as we've been saying, you know, the democratic party is not going to save you, you know, liberal liberals don't have a fucking plan. They're going to offer us up um, when we're all being take, taken off to camps. Um, they're going to throw us under the bus. And so the democratic party is not, is not going to save you. Um, but like you can impact people's lives at a very local basic level. Um, and also like solidarity, um, between movements is, is huge. Um, and like here in Los Angeles, like we're seeing fucking unhoused people like they're like, there is an, an attack on unhoused people, poor people in Los Angeles. Like these people that that really ha- don't have much, you know, and they are um, not high on society's uh, priorities of helping. Um, and like we are in Los Angeles, we are committed to fucking making poor people's lives a living hell. Um, and uh i'm not i'm not unhoused i'm not poor but in solidarity like i'll fucking show up and i'll i'll and i know i'm getting out rambling here but um it's also important um because i don't know how many like white people uh are listening but also like not non-black people um as far as under understanding that these systems are super racist too um like so not only are five unhoused people dying every day in los angeles the unhoused population um in los angeles is made up of 40 percent black people even though they make up eight percent of the actual population um the uh, num- the percentage of black people stopped by LAPD is like 30%, even though, uh, um, percentage of people stopped by LAPD, uh, is 30% black, even though they're 8% of the city. Um, and, and so just like understanding 
um, all these different issues, class and race, um, you can you can build a movement against the machine and the establishment. Um, and I, I think a big thing for people to think about as well, um, you know, when you're talking about messaging and talking about getting the message out, um, how exactly do you think it's going to get out? Um, do you want to just say what you want to say? Do you want to just message this way? Or do you want people to receive it and share it? And you have to take that into account um, while messaging from an abolitionist, anti-capitalist, anti-fascist viewpoint. But how will this message be most well received and how how will it be shared by others? Um, I think that's just like really important. Understanding the landscape. and figuring out how to get the message out. And, you know, the thing is, like, when you talk about understanding the landscape and, like, you're just talking about actually understanding the community, you know? Right, right. It's, it's as simple as getting to just actually be a part of your community, understanding it and acting in its, its best interest, you know? Like, and, and, and that's kind of the thing of, like, you know... This is the, 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 the theory moment where we get a little bit of an understanding of, of the practical application of praxis. Yeah, yeah. You know, where and it's and, 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 and that's the thing too is like I don't think you you're saying, you know, oh, you know, do polling data and, and, and understand the best messaging tactics. No, it actually means trying something and failing. Yeah. And then trying and trying again. Yeah. Um Revolutionary uh, optimism is something that we constantly talk about, um, and it's not only being optimism or optimistic and and attempting uh, action in the face of all of this 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 absolutely grinding and 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 authoritarian oppressive mm-hmm. state, you know. But also, it is getting back up after you get knocked down, right? And like, oh my god, I just did the fucking Tumba Wumba song, or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that's 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 you, you got to try something to know what works. Um, and sometimes it sucks, you know, not getting the retweet or you know having people not show up because your flyer didn't message correctly. Yeah, you know, it sucks. It sucks a lot, and I've been there, and I know, and even the feeling that I have right now of that moment of people not showing up. It it hurts, but those few people that did show up, right? You can have an ominous conversation of what did we do wrong? You know, maybe ask some of the people who said they were going to show up who didn't, and have try to have an obvious conversation of what happened. Maybe it's childcare, maybe it's work, maybe it's uh, it kind of seemed whack, and I just wanted to agree so you'd stop talking to me. You know. You, you you gotta you gotta do the work and 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 it may take some blows um, to actually have that understanding of of what does work, um, because yeah, at the end of the day, it's like you could sit and read as much you know theory and, and news and polls, but you gotta know the people to understand the people. Definitely, um, definitely, and and um, like this is for like electoral stuff, but like 
you know, the left loses all the time. So you're going to get mad that, that you lost, you know, especially when, or, or you took an L uh, and like the, you, it was to the people that have all of the money and the, the media availability and, and all of these things. Um, it's going to happen. It's definitely, it's definitely going to happen. Um, but you have to figure out uh, just different, different ways to reach people. Um, and I think that's, you know, why our facet of work in Los Angeles has been really successful because of the way that we put things out on social media, you know, not only the disruptions and, and all of that, that people like to see, but also we come from a, a fact-based and fact-oriented perspective. And so putting up the videos, but also then doing a thread breaking down of like breaking down all the things we said, like, oh, Caruso did give tens of millions of dollars to uh, anti-abortion causes or, oh, Caruso is backed by the police. Oh, Alex Villanueva uh, did spend a bunch of time in the East L.A. station with the banditos. Um, he is covering up the murder of Andres Guidardo, uh and, and Paul Rea and Anthony Vargas. And so just, yeah, it's a whole, there's so many different things Um but and I'm I, and I, I still consider myself a baby organizer. You know, I've been doing I've only been organizing for like th- three a little bit over three years. Um, and so there have been people here in Los Angeles that have been doing the work for really a really really long time. But and then for people you know to understand a really cool part about the people that have been putting in the work here in Los Angeles, a lot of them embrace. Um, new organizers and activists and we and that's how you build and um, and just having that kind of support uh, has because we're also not the first people to disrupt and 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 to bird dog right like people have done that before here in Los Angeles Um, so knowing that people have our back uh, and working with people that that have that are OGs in the community uh, that has allowed us to all grow, you know, Um, and being okay with trying different things. We all don't need to do the same thing. um, And we should all try different things for sure. And uh, I do, I do want to be respectful of your time. And and, uh, it looks like, uh, I think we, I guess we answered all the questions, um, (laughs) which is good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know you, you do, you want, got to get going. So, um, you want to just, you know, once again, kind of just plug some of, uh, uh, the initiatives that you're working on and groups you're in, um, and, uh, any, any final thoughts for us so you can leave us off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, Marcus, you, you were talking about, the theory and stuff and, and how we need to go into action and not to worry uh, or, or to be so uh, tied into the conflict of theory. And I agree, but also a lot of what I have learned and based my perspective on are like from the readings of Kwame Ture, Huey P. Newton, uh, Miriam Kaba, 
uh, Dereka Purnell. Like, uh, so in, and, you know, I don't, I don't really, I haven't really, uh, talked about this and, and thought this through. So, so let me know what you think, but as far as like the theory and stuff that I have learned most from, uh, is from like abolitionist and anti-fascist and anti-capitalist readings. So outside of the communist, socialist, Marxist, Leninist, uh, uh, and all of that, um, I have found that the most applicable uh, things that I can take with me are from abolitionists, and at and abolitionist theory have, has been led by black femmes, and so I do think um, identity politics um, is worth recognizing, and I do think the work of black femmes should be highlighted. Um, and so do the work, do all of that stuff, but also read, um, these important theories, uh, outside of the traditional shit that they want you to read for your little reading club. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. I can like 100%. Um, and I think also to, um, especially within the United States context, having an understanding of like where um, liberation theology yeah. can also buttress up against, you know, and like really, and this is where like, you know, getting down to building coalitions through action mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is, is, is really the important thing, you know, and, and cause absolutely, you know, and like where I, I, I you know, you, you, there's so many of these ideas and theories that intersect and build on one another. Um, right. But, and I think, you know, like, where you're going to get, you know, I guess the proper perspective is, A, engaging with as much as you can. And, you know, there's something that I've kind of taken from, from the Panthers is just trying. I think they, use, they, they try to prescribe two hours per day. Mm-hmm. You know, split, mm-hmm. split between, you know, engaging with theory and engaging with, you know, learning about the current events of, mm-hmm. you know, the nation like your community, the nation, and and the world. Um, I do way more hours into uh, our current politics yes. and the politics of the world, um, but uh, is per my fucking job. Um, <laughs> but it, it it also matters, right, to continue engaging with the theory so that we, you know, yes, to like broaden our mind, our scope, and to make sure we're not, you know, like a retrain. You know, like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a fast track to a better understanding, you know? Um, and yeah, so, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I agree 100%, you know, like if you're just picking up capital and saying, you know, it all, you're, uh-huh, you're, yeah. you're completely missing it, you know? And I, and like, if I could, if uh, imagine wave a magic wand and, and, and Mark's right, you know, like he would agree. I am so confident he would agree. Um, uh, cause that's, that's the whole fucking point. Yeah. Is, you know, you need to take in information. You need to take in good analysis of reality, which, you know, a lot of abolitionist framework has a fantastic analysis on lived experiences that, so that you take that in. If you are just, I'm a Marxist, right. You know, like you don't, you know, like that encompasses all of that as well, you know, um, and 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 yeah so i yeah like that's one thing too is like a, and i wouldn't want to ever say don't read theory 
You know, it's just we we need to understand how it helps and then make sure we're doing the work to see, you know, actually how it applies, you know. Um, For sure. Yeah. 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 And I don't think you were saying don't read theory. And my point, uh, you know, that if you read, like you said, the Panthers, but um, the people that I've, I've driven much uh, inspiration from, like Kwame Ture and, and Malcolm um, and Huey P., they also say like the action part is very important, you know? So if you're reading that kind of theory that is telling you, you know, to go out and take action, um, that that's the, that's the type of stuff that you should, that you should be working on. But I got to hop off y'all. I, I always appreciate it. And, um, I wish, I wish we could act in person one day. Oh, oh you say we get in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's going to happen. Um, you know, like hopefully sooner, but uh, you know, eventually, you know, like we'll be organizing a gulag together. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's All right, y'all. Always a pleasure talking to you, Richie. Thanks a lot, Kareth. Marcus, have a good night. Give it up. Bye. Um, and Tarek, I don't know if you want to just kind of chill for a bit, and we can, you know, even like talk more about like propaganda and like the police love culture, but also the anti-culture and like where that kind of gone. Yeah, I mean, we we got like, uh, I I wanted to, I didn't want to start with this in a way because like, I wanted to contextualize this because like, this was like very explicit, like this, this was this track by Ice-T was like almost, uh, I I can't believe that this track exists like this, uh, there's this uh, album or like, you know, a project of his called Body Count. Uh, Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah, so I I wasn't and like uh, it's like a, a combo of iced tea and uh, heavy metal and there's this song called Cop Killer and I was I wanted to contextualize this by saying that this is a song and uh, I just wanted to play it just so we can see how far this guy has come from being uh, you know what he used to be. So here is Iced Tea with Cop Killer. This next record is dedicated to some personal friends of mine, the LAPD. For every cop that has ever taken advantage of somebody, beat them down or hurt them because they got long hair, listen to the wrong kind of music, wrong color, whatever they thought was the reason to do it. For every one of those fucking police, I'd like to take a pig out here in this parking lot and shoot them in their motherfucking face.
Yeah, so... Marcus, thoughts? Yeah. No, that's, um... You know, I... I, um... I think about, you know, artistry, you know, um, and sometimes, and, and honestly, the, the, when we did our, our like episode on, on Carlin, um, and, and honestly, this is why when we like, when we talked to artists, I asked them, how do you want to be perceived as an artist? Um, because the world will perceive you however they want, you know, um, and I think this in the case of ice tea and in some of the other cases, right? It's like, a this either you have a perception of, of someone who has changed, um, or maybe you have a perception of, you know, like of, of an artist that was portraying a feeling, but didn't actually exude it. You know, that was just trying to push narratives, you know? Um, and what can I do to push a narrative? Not necessarily, is this an ideological work? that I want to, you know, spread. Um, and, you know, that question comes up, but, like, really, like, at the end of the fucking day, <laughs> um, I, it's, it's, um, it is something uh, to, to comprehend that the, the guy that made this song, Cop Killer, has also been on the long, one of the longest running TV shows in history. Like, maybe, like, The Price is Right, has it beat? It is absurd, and like, and, 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 and I think also an explicitly fucked up way of propaganda, because <laughs> with 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 Law and Order SVU, the Special Victims Unit, it gives this 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 narrative that cops actually care about sex crimes, which <laughs> is a lie. It's a complete lie. Cops engage in sex crimes. Cops, you know, are and they like, do not. They don't analyze rape kits. They don't take seriously accounts of of sexual assault. They don't give a shit. So it's 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 so it's like uh, yeah. It's just I don't know what else to say. It's just fucked up and infuriating. I mean, it's it's kind of also like wild that this person is also able to come on Twitter every now and then and like kind of drop this little uh, cutesy word about like you know I'm still like hey it's still me I'm still the edgy guy who like ask you to go fuck yourself and like you know uh, kind of speak a little bit like I am uh, part of the streets or whatever um, and and like it, it's it's fascinating how extensively they've got us like fooled or like at least uh, attempting to get us fooled i mean like clearly we're trying to be above it at least in like having this conversation but like how many people are uh, i mean join the force because of uh, uh T, you know like uh, watching him on screen and stuff like that and like uh there are shows where like they'll deliberately say we could use a guy like you on the force so that like you know we uh, so as to have a more anti-discriminatory uh framework and like in, in the wake of police brutality it's like if only we had more black police officers and stuff like that is almost always a you know a, a conversation that's always had and uh, a person like this is like really furthering this notion right because um and, and look at where he has uh, begun and like this is kind of how he got his break this is how he became the multimillionaire that he is um and what is he using uh, his uh, multimillionaire status to f- propel is it's kind of almost like you can't if you wrote this in a novel, people will think that it's tacky. Like, an editor will ask you to take out a character saying that, yo, this this guy is, like, a little too on the nose, don't you think? I mean, like, 
he was yeah. he was he's a gangster like he he's now like playing a cop and like uh he actually tells you how cops are good and like you know that they care about communities and like uh he'll in fact like even have episodes where he'll talk to a young black teenager or whatever and like say that like you know you got to straighten up uh, you know pull up your bootstraps whatever like he'll actually even give that message but then he didn't get up to where he is by following that message and it's like this irony not even the irony the the sheer contradiction of it is not even like you know something that hits us and i and i feel like i mean i don't know i mean we were talking earlier about even uh, the the jz beyonce thing where like someone who crossed the picket line is singing a pro worker song and it's like come on you know and it's like at what point do we draw the line and like actually say that we don't need to be putting ourselves through this bullshit yeah I, and that's where yeah, i don't i mean, like i i think it takes a you know like finding hoping you know, like helping hoping to help inspire um movements or groups that um just operate outside of it all you know uh because or and and this is something that i also you know like gerald horn had talked about um uh in our interview uh, was that it, it also needs to be attractive so that some some people may come over and say, oh, hey, I actually agree, <laughs> you know, with it too. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, really, like at the end of the day, it's like, I think just understanding, you know, like, yeah, this, 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 this type of, you know, propaganda stuff and like, yeah, like I agree with IST. It's like, if you saw that in a movie, it would be like, come on. You know, um, but it, it exists in reality and probably a few times over. Yeah. And I think uh, when we think of propaganda, it's like really um, evident in, in, you know, obvious like NCIS, uh, SVU, uh, any any show that is actually a crime procedural. It, it just becomes very clear uh, that it, it is like propagating a, a version of a cop. Uh, but I think Pop, like uh, Paw Patrol. Yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, but I think like there's a there's a more insidious uh, version as well, where uh, you kind of see the the narratives uh, in the media. That is like, of course, like pop, popular TV shows and stuff like that. Like uh, a lot of them mean like we we saw the revelations. I'm really glad that uh, David Sorota's uh, publication, like The Intercept, also like took it seriously uh, and did some digging into Top Gun Maverick. And like saw that like it's heavily financed by the Pentagon itself, and like it's supposed to have driven up recruitment uh, in the Navy SEALs or whatever in the in the Navy uh, by a significant percentage. And uh, clearly, that's one of the main reasons how how and why the movie even got produced. Uh, so there's that, and then like on the other hand, like there's this phenomenon of uh, the, the the rising surge in crime and whatnot uh, across the United States where they don't really tell you that there was a slump during the period of the pandemic uh, because nobody was going outside. And then um, there's a there's a trickle up uh, to the levels that it used to be pre-pandemic and they really don't talk about that. They just like focus on the percentage uh, of increase. And like, I really, I mean, I wish we could uh, have Alec uh, Karakatsanis again and uh, talk about like why they even do this and like this is not just like your average 
you know local newspaper that's trying to like s- sell uh, stories for clicks or whatever this is like the new york times paper of record uh, this is the washington post this is la times this is san francisco chronicle all of these fucking newspapers they basically make it sound as if like the united states is just like uh, inundated with crimes and like people need to be worried for their like property tomorrow and like someone is going to break into their store and steal everything uh, the day after and stuff like that's the kind of fear in which they're constantly keeping people and no wonder like you know in that fear uh, there is uh, a surge in at least like uh, electoral tendencies to vote for a more like pro cop candidate and stuff like that but even that as we realized with uh, talking to Richie that like this is this is fake even even those candidates did not win because the people did not really fall for it as much as uh, the the corporations wanted them to and like the the party wanted them to and the media wanted them to so um it's just like there is a there's a constant onslaught of like um that there is a need for greater police protection um all over the place and somehow even people are not buying it but it still doesn't stop so who are they doing it for if that's not even getting them the readership i guess like the answer is quite simple but it still like baffles me that they have no like i'm getting like second hand embarrassment for them in this as uh, as you would say um, that they actually keep on with this without any i mean like first of all not enough empirical evidence and second of all no impact even like if they are actually doing all of this and still losing elections for their favorite candidates uh, it's just a, it's it's just appalling and um, i mean these are all newspapers that people would aspire to write for and shit so um, i don't know i mean i i wish that we could all like just totally switch over to a more uh independent media consumption pattern like i guess like the people who are listening to us already do to a large extent uh but i just really wish that like uh people would not take stuff that the new york times or the la times says seriously as far as like at least crime reporting is concerned because all of that is just like it it might as well be paid for by police departments i feel like um and this is my neutral yeah. you know view yeah and i you see this in so many ways and not just like that the cops are it's just whatever the cops say is immediately taken. And there's like a meme, you know, of like the uh, people, you know, like two students cheating after the other. And it's like when, you know, reworked that there's like a, just a continuum of cheating, you know, like the cheating student looking over the shoulder. But it's like, like cops lie. Local media just takes it as fact and repeats it, you know. That regional media, same thing. National media, international. You know, like it just looks over. Oh, the cops said this. Well, the cops wouldn't lie, and they go from there. Um, and and I think too, and like like going in. I think Uvalde is one of the most like blaringly obvious and egregious you know, examples of this because the the amount of lies that have come out by the f- cops uh in in Uvalde uh, you know uh, the 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 there was an officer that engaged with him beforehand oh a teacher left the door open we waiting for keys didn't have a uh, gear um all like all lies yet these were, as they come out of a cop's mouth, it re- it's just that, that well, there's a reason why that narrative was given at first and not, well, the cops are saying this, but we need to interrogate it more. 
You know, there's just nothing as to that effect because there's no reason why any serious person dedicated to truth and what actual facts of what happened in any scenario, there's no reason why you should listen and believe the cops at face value. Because if you ask for a video of what happened, right, ask for the video, then you'll see if, if what they're saying is true. Because that's what the Uvalde cops are doing. No, we don't want to give you the video. No, we don't want to hand over the audio. No, we don't want to answer questions. Because they don't li- because cops are liars. <laughs> and the media is just ready to parrot every single lie. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's another uh, less serious, I guess, like uh, aspect also comes to mind, which is kind of similar to the Havana syndrome uh, outbreak as well, uh, is, is the is the oh, extent to which like cops basically uh, overplay or fentanyl. like, I don't I don't I don't the fentanyl one. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So it's like, yes. what is going on there? Like, so how is it that a person who's reporting this story, uh, not for a second, taking a step back and going, hang on, all right, like, just uh, just take a step back for a second, like, what are you doing here? Like, is this even the effects of the drug, really? Like, it doesn't <laughs> look like that's what's happening. I mean, like, for listeners who are not familiar with this, I'm pretty sure most of you are, uh, it's like where um, a cop is supposed to have had uh, fentanyl exposure, um, and basically this is just like them lying flat on the ground and, uh, there's videos circulating of this and people basically like kind of, uh, treating, treating them as like, um, I mean, fellow, their, their colleagues treating them as almost like victims instantly without asking what is actually going on. Like maybe they just fainted. I don't know. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that is something that, uh, that immediately comes to mind, but we also have a pretty in-depth and like crazy worded question which i want to read out because it's actually substantial for once uh without uh you know like unlike yesterday's troll who was like kind of saying a lot of stuff but without like really saying anything uh here we have a question from one of the listeners which goes like how does one make revolutionary optimism aspirational how does one seed space replacing the drive for individual celebrity to create a transforma- transformational infrastructure, what is the first step in disseminating this ethos that isn't reliant on a do-gooder liberal sentimentalist morale, but rather based on a rational impetus for class struggle? I guess I'm asking about the philosophical consideration within such an imperative. One organizes against capital since it might it is aspirational to do so, not just because it is morally right. So in other words, like how do we make it cool for people to actually care about people, right? Like essentially... Um, what is the what is the incentive there where you're not really gaining money, you're not making... Um, I mean, like, Richie is, like, really a great example. I don't know if Richie is still listening for some reason. Um, shows in the listeners' uh, category, but um, I think, like... I mean, Maybe you... Uh, just listen on, on his walk home. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, this would be a question that I think Richie would be a great person to answer. Uh, I feel like, in a way, I am ill-equipped to answer this question, although I could take a crack, because, like, I'm definitely, as much as I could have revolutionary optimism, I think I would be one of those people for whom it is an imperative. It's in me, you know? It's like you can't really uh, trace the source to a, a 
kind of incentive structure that is like I am gaining something in capital by being this and I would argue that I would probably be losing like stuff like I mean there's there's definitely tons of ways in which somebody who's a writer uh, can make more uh, money like getting advanced for like novels that like are, are outlandishly stupid for the present day and like are just written in flamboyant prose and like poetry and whatnot and like basically you can get publishing deals left right and center and like if there's something really morally uh corrupting in like even considering that kind of a path for me so and like you marcus like you are also somebody who had like an illustrious career as a as a veteran and like uh you uh worked for a you know congress person briefly and stuff like that why didn't you you know follow that path to its uh logical you know a conclusion i mean yeah uh and this is where i think it's a process you know I think this is something, uh, and I'll talk to, you know, there's, there, you know, you can find, you know, easily dozens of online Twitter accounts, you know, that they have their, you know, ideologically, you know, ideological position, which, you know, maybe, you know, like a mature left position. Um, and, but they are shaming in their, um, rhetoric towards people who are not toward you know like that same place so i think the first thing is 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 yeah just having an understanding that like if you're trying to convince someone of something they're uh, you know like you you need to deal in reference to their you know basic understanding of the topic at hand and then you know trying to have some you know uh you know yeah yeah try and you know i guess give the breadcrumbs right to walk them down the path of like okay if you have this understanding you might do some debunking of some misunderstandings some introduction of new knowledge and then you know the the you know where does that knowledge then result into your actions of your day-to-day life right that's the i think the general process for probably most americans right debunk founding fathers are deities constitution is biblical um uh everything that we do is spreading freedom and democracy right those are things that you have to unwind then you have to introduce concepts of imperialism mass genocide fucking you know systemic racism in ways that 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 people generally don't understand um and then what to do about it right is is, is is that other thing um but i think really too is that like from the from the base layer is I but at least it's something that's helped for me is is pointing out the the really glaring contradictions within the United States. You know, actually pulling in these grand narratives that people base their, you know, belief that America is the greatest country in the world and you juxtapose that with real statistics and it doesn't matter. It could be statistics on housing, healthcare, food security, imprisonment and authoritarianism it does not matter if you bring facts to the table it will obviously counteract the grand narrative that america is the greatest country in the world and blah 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 freedom democracy and hell even on the democracy standpoint the way the senate is structured is not democratic there is no way around it fuck the un even said so that the united states senate is one of the most undemocratic institutions in a modern government today so like these things are just truths that if you can just get people 
to deal with those contradictions, then there's only one way to go, you know? Um, so I guess that's, that's what's worked for me. Like my personal life of actually convincing or at least getting, not even convincing people of socialism, but convincing them that in some case, you know, like that the United States is not, you know, the United States government is, is, is not an institution that cares about its people that, you know, works in, in benefit of, of international solidarity, you know, like the, you know, for you know, like step one is kind of deconstructing some of these things, um, and then if you actually if people are good people, right? If people um, actually do have some type of care for other human beings, and I think you know, like some of the things that like the Bernie Sanders campaign, I think like tied into it had some really good slogans of like, and like one of them was like, "Are you willing to fight for someone that you don't know?" You know, like that's a, like a question, right? And like it's very much ties into like, well, which side are you on? But even right. still, like not that's not even just drive dying sides. Do you have enough empathy to reach out to someone that does not that 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 you don't have stake in? And for the people, and like really, you could start there. I think there's a lot of people who will say yes that just have a misunderstanding of the political reality, and you know you can start there to try you know and 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 bring some people along, but. Um, yeah, I think it's really just really, you know, like, and that's where, too, of like, when, when it comes to revolutionary optimism, there's something that uh, Maduro said, you know, that like sticks with me was is, was that, you know, if, uh, if you are just, you know, if you, if you are um, pessimistic, right, if you are overly pessimistic, these, you know, that rhetoric, those actions are parallel to being counter-revolutionary, hmm. right? So then in which case you could agree with, revolutionary thought and theories you can agree and and you know with 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 those certain actions or anything like that but if you are are talking and acting as if that it's all a failure well then you might as well be you know a kind of revolutionary because you're always going to be the one saying well this is not going to work oh well that's not gonna you know like so okay well then just leave you know like because like you really need to be optimistic about it in order to keep going and because you're going to take L's. There's going to be grand narratives that, that talk against, you know, the things, the actions that you're trying to do. Um, but if you engage in that, if you just revel in that, then you're, you're, you're just counter revolutionary at the point, at, at that moment. Yeah. I mean, I think like, uh, you raise like a lot of good points and I, and I hate to be like the guy who reigns on, yeah, reigns on the parade, but like, I think like, uh, the, 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 thrust of the question which i which i get and i think like i want to address it uh which is that like the the are you ready to fight for somebody that you don't know i think there are like we are we are optimistic enough to consider the uh, to working with the people for whom the answer will be at least a yes uh, sorry at least a maybe if not a yes uh but there are like i think tons of people for whom the answer would be a, 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 a no if not a hell no and uh the the reasoning would be because um i don't even have time or energy to fight for the people that i do know uh so then like how do i actually you know have the bandwidth to fight for somebody that i don't know um and secondly i think like uh the idea of like 
being uh, pessimistic uh, some would even say that like it's actually being realistic because uh, you know like the first thing that you hear from an artist uh, as to why uh, they're not engaging in more political work or more revolutionary work is that like you know you got to eat you got to make money and like there's a certain uh, extent uh, beyond which like uh, realism kicks in capitalist realism is essentially what realism is because this is capitalist society and you have to survive in it and you have to live and uh, you got to eat and you got to you know make a living uh what not and i think um the real answer to this and i think it might be um kind of counterintuitive given that we are thinking of uh, a more egalitarian a more flatter horizontal structure is that i think there needs to be more role model like you need to win like you need to actually if you are someone who has the revolutionary optimism i think you have to take that to the logical conclusion and actually win this thing and for in whatever way that you want to and like not wait for somebody else to tell you how it is possible and i think like the, the reason this is even more critical and crucial is because the the corporations and like everybody uh, who's in the status quo whether it's the part, political parties or the corporations they all love uplifting losers in um in the leftist space because like a- anybody who becomes like a, a big deal especially in the, in revolutionary or i mean t- take black lives matter for instance like th- this turned out to be some of the most self in- self enriching folks and like you could imagine that the reason that they got the, to the place where they are is because like the the people um who invested in them who funded them saw the incentive to fund these people as opposed to someone who will actually point the weapon back at them like who are actually going to threaten capital so capital is always going to invest in the people who are willing to lose like sorry to say i think like uh, a lot of uh, you know especially po- politicians right now i mean like today uh, nancy pelosi stands at the podium and says a fucking poem and like as a poet i'm like embarrassed for everybody who's hearing it um, because like uh, what the fuck is a poem going to do when the supreme court just basically wrote its own like you know a uh, large uh, giant epic poem uh, striking down the legislation that like uh, you know is supposed to threaten the you know the basic humanity of half the country um and like given that essentially you have i think as if you are someone who has in yourself the revolutionary optimism you owe it to yourself and to everybody else the 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 pursuit of becoming a role model in this capacity and i think that like you don't in a, in a kind of way you also realize that you don't have a choice because you can't do the things that uh, the capitalist society expects you to do so you might as well just channel all of your energies into strategies that would actually enable you to succeed in your own right because you think you're going to be happy selling out like genuinely i think i would be miserable if i was actually to be forced into any kind of um direction that i did not personally want to go and that did not sit well with my conscience and i think like if and if you bring it all the way back to why people believe in capitalist society to begin with uh, all of the celebrities that succeed and this is like a great point that ben carollo uh, when she came on the show raised beautifully which i think um, is is critical to i think like keep in mind um, is the fact that the reason people have this individualist fame based uh notion that like artists always have to aspire to the spotlight is because those are the ones who make it so if there are people who can make it if paul robesons can make it as artists and be the most popular and be the most celebrated be the most uh inspiring 
um, and like talented artists on the planet, then there'll be more people who will actually believing in uh, believe in becoming that kind of artist as opposed to being a Beyonce who can just like do lip service to a movement and still enjoy all of the spoils of capitalism. And I think that's something that we need to keep in mind. Like you actually need to, I mean, like corny as it is, like the the slogan that uh, Gandhi's uh, which is overused uh, is be the change that you want to be. I think it's like it's really important because that's the only way in which you can actually uh, sustain revolutionary optimism. If you have it, it's like a flame. You can carry it and like use that to light other people's uh, fires as well. I think that's the only way to go about yeah. this. There's like the only thing I was like I I I kind of like it was just, like I don't know if like you're speaking of yourself or just kind of giving like a you know, like a framework, um, but like that I the idea that being pessimistic is being, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm just being real, you know, I'm just being realistic, you know, but like, that's the thing is like, that's just the saying that is counter-revolution because it's, it is realistic to know there will be an end to capitalism. Now there's a choice. Does the end of capitalism come with the end of human society as we know it, or does it come through organizing a movement that actually, you know, gains con- political control for the betterment of every single person. You know, that's that is that's the real options that we have before us. So anyone that's dealing in real, you know, wants to be realistic, those are the options. You know, so now you can then have the choice to lay down and say it's coming anyway, or you have the option to start organizing. And you know, and that's the thing too is like there's a lot of things to to kind of be down about you know like obviously but that 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 should drive you right that should anger you and and then drive you to act you know as much as you can right and like i say as much as you can because like you said too we're all all also just trying to survive um but and that's the 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 longevity actual true security true democracy that is through organizing that is through building a working class coalition yeah um and i think like uh to i again like i wish that uh richie was there to kind of you know listen to this uh, word these words of praise i don't know uh one of the most popular videos of uh, richie that is uh i think it is richie right like the one of uh someone yelling at the uh, yelling at the cop saying you get get back into your fucking car that's isn't that yep. richie yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's like the moment that I saw that and I, I was like, basically, OK, can you actually do that to, to I mean, like, I'm not saying you go uh, go and like do that to every cop that's like patrolling the streets or whatever. Like, I mean, this is not to insinuate that, like, this is exactly how you have to be. And there's a time and a place and everything. And like the place where Richie was doing this is like absolutely uh, essential to put your foot down like this. And like I, I felt like that was a moment of uh, almost uh, um solidarity in a way that like basically it's sticking your neck out and like uh you know uh, you could argue that like uh, a person uh who is in 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 richie's place and i'm i think like richie would probably be the first person to acknowledge this like uh, a non-white person in that capacity would be considered uh you know a, a very differently than like uh richie being considered at that point and like i feel like there is a there's a certain even i mean Anybody else would think that, like, you know, it's not my place to do that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
on the other hand someone with actual solidarity is actually able to stand up and say no no not on my watch like i'm not going to let you do this to this uh, you know neighborhood or to this place at this moment you're going to get back into your car and i know i have the rights to do this and so i'm actually even more empowered to to tell you to fuck off and like i think uh, i think it's it's it, it's a very heroic moment i wish i could uh, you know i had clipped that or something it's it's definitely you should search uh online uh whoever is listening and watch it because the it's it's not going to be enough to just listen to the audio of it you have to watch the video this is like someone uh literally one one person fighting a pack of wolves like that's kind of how it feels when you're watching that video yeah and i think though like you know rich's rich's secret to success in that moment isn't his his skin color you know um nothing you know like cuz his action there and you know like isn't in happening in a vacuum um and there are you know multiple people within LA who at, you know organize around getting in cops face not just bird dogging you know officials but bird dogging cops um but there is that element right like i don't want to say like that element of of you know uh, uh race you know, and understanding, you know, the context with policing that does not, you know, I'm just saying it's not the sole factor, right? Um, because like, it, you have to have, have an understanding that, that, that like white, like the white privilege, right? I, the idea of, of white privilege, it's, it's that white people aren't going to be persecuted or anything like that because of their whiteness. It does not mean they are inoculated from bad things. So, like Richie very well could have gotten his ass kicked in that moment. Um, and, uh, uh, but you know, like there, there is a movement in that is, that is, that he is a part of in which case right. whiteness plus the movement in that certain scenario, in that one specific scenario, because I guarantee you in a different case where Richie is caught in the street and there's just a group of cops that scenario goes way different you know his whiteness will not save him in an alleyway with just cops right 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 um, right and um and so the like all of that i think you know needs to be understood but like yeah 100% really having a, a mature understanding of our material world and we in which case Richie does and there was and that thing that like actually kind of like pissed me off about that that uh that scenario was that there were people who were kind of uh, uh, trying to, um, you know, like, oh, like, say it was a bad thing. Like, oh, well, it must be nice. You know, black people could right. or whatever, you know, and it's like, no, like, if anything, like, then this is what you would want white people to do um, yeah. is to actually get in the cop's face and, and say, like fuck off, get in your fucking car and get the hell out of here, leave, um, because it's you know it it helps the people who are houseless in that fucking moment that were about to get fucking wiped off the fucking their only place that they have to live. They're about to get their fucking camp sweep. They appreciate that fucking white privilege, hmm. so maybe it's good to shut the fuck up when when when. <laughs> Right, white privilege is wielded. You know, if, if that's your only viewpoint of the scenario, maybe just accept that sometimes the white privilege is good, used for good. Um, 
And so, yeah, and like, and that's the thing too is that like once again, you know, this does not mean any white person can just walk up to cops <laughs> and start talking shit. You Do not try this at home. Yeah. Exactly, like because because that's the great, that's the fucking like the other thing is that cops don't just persecute black people, Latinos. They don't just fucking persecute people of color. They fucking persecute poor people. And that's just the fucking facts, you know? And that's something where, like, you know, like a movement, you know, focused on, like, Black Lives Matter, not just, like, stop fucking police brutality, having a true abolitionist framework, you know, you're going to fall short. Because at the end of the day, a poor white person is more likely to have a fucking police encounter than a rich black person. That's just facts. Yeah. And so just, just having that fucking under like the plain view black and white it's it's really not enough and like it's not a full understanding of what's happening but also it's 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 not enough to actually tie a multi-racial coalition for a working class movement yeah i think uh i think like uh the flip side of revolutionary optimism i also want to add uh is revolutionary sacrifice which is not often talked about and it's a very inglorious concept right like if you if you t- tell somebody to sacrifice they're automatically gonna just point the finger at somebody else and says like you first you know so uh why should i sacrifice but what you don't i think like um like revolutionary sacrifice revolutionary discipline uh is that like these aren't just um like for example, like what Richie did, and this isn't to compare scales or magnitude or like to lionize Richie beyond uh, what he deserves or, or or how he feels comfortable or whatever. But but the idea of uh, uh, even somebody like Paul Robeson or like, uh, unfortunately, in the case of Nina Simone, this was something that uh, Nina Simone just had to live with. It's not like, I mean, I guess like Muhammad Ali would be a bit a better example of, uh, you know, somebody who took a principled stand and like had to face the consequences for it. Um, I think like there's a, there's a point where you have to... Uh, it's not just morally right, but what feels um, right to you. And I think like uh, you kind of have to center yourself in um, in the community and like really understand that like you're not a part of you're not just an individual who can just be plucked out of a community. And like a lot of people, especially with uh, aspirational uh, like qualities would tend to uh, immediately see themselves as like well i'm gonna dig my especially if you come from marginalized communities etc well i'm gonna escape from here i'm gonna get out of here and like a lot of uh, especially in hip-hop like you you'd find like you're coming full circle back to the discussion on ice tea uh, i'm pretty sure like when he uh, when he like reached the uh, levels of success that he reached whether it's ice tea or snoop dogg or ice cube or uh, any of these people who got their uh, start by uh, sh- you know not I, I can't even say shitting on cops because like this is literally like like issuing a verbal threat to uh, police um, and that's kind of how the, what their artistic expression itself was and like then them coming in full circle and like saying well uh, kids like uh, you gotta you gotta respect the police and like uh, whatnot um, it's just basically um, them having the impulse be that I want to get out of here that's it like and I'll b- at the best like serve some people whom I'm attached to and that's it and I'll have a clear conscience and so on. But like you kind of have to really um, understand yourself and this is something that we try to do with this show. Like uh, that the artists who we feature 
are people who understand themselves to be products of their community. There is no individual ex- exceptionalism here. Everybody who gets famous uh, for doing whatever the fuck they're doing probably has a hundred people that are capable of doing it exactly that way. I, I, I come from like uh, a background of uh, wanting to be uh, and like, you know, have, being nerdy about like guitar players and stuff. And uh, the one thing that you can tell about like any Rolling Stone top 100 like guitar players list is that like you can find someone in your uh, neighborhood who could probably play as well uh, on the guitar as some of these people who are on the top 100. And this is not even just an exaggeration. Like, so this is just uh, this is just stupid. The whole idea of like someone be- becoming um, successful because they are talented or great is a huge myth. It's a fallacy of fallacies. And uh, the only people who know this, interestingly, are the people who actually make it. And that's why they are like full of imposter syndrome, because they know that they only got there because of luck. Uh, Bo Burnham has a brilliant clip about this, where he talks about how the people who get famous don't often enough talk about how they are almost exclusively, they owe almost exclusively their success to luck and happenstance like it's not really of course they are talented to an extent of course they have the abilities um, but that doesn't mean that other people don't so the reason they make it is because they are extremely fortunate and also the reasons that the reason that the people who make it they don't really do anything to the community is because they tend to believe that they have the chip on the shoulder and that's why they're successful because they are otherwise their imposter syndrome is going to kill them because like they're going to have to confront the fact that uh, I am just as good as the kid who did not make it, which means I don't deserve the place where I am at uh, any any more than he or she or they do. And I think that's like uh, a, a thing that torments and plagues people who are successful. So why do the people who are not successful or like who are not yet successful not just look at that and go, hang on, if this is what being successful is like, you have to convince yourself into this delusion of like, I am the greatest, I am the, except for Muhammad Ali, who, he, who was the greatest. Like, so I think he's the only person <laughs> I would excuse the, excuse the statement of like, I'm the greatest. Um Everybody else can like literally go fuck, the fuck themselves and like basically if if all of them believe this, if every celebrity who's like made it, who's a top superstar looks at themselves in the mirror and goes like, do I even deserve this? Then the p- people who are d- down below don't have to look at them as any more role models than someone like Christian Smalls or like than someone like, uh, you know, Paul Robeson or like um, uh, Nina Simone or Muhammad Ali who would throw away their uh, riches and fortune so that they can take a principled stand. So why is that not an incentive? Why is that not something that is inspiring you um, rather than having all the money in the world and being miserable? Is that what should move you, you know? And like we are choosing to be inspired by these things to an extent, I I believe, uh, because we think that money is going to solve a lot of problems. It does solve many problems, I would imagine. uh, But it doesn't. (laughs) I mean, like who who says that? Like um, the guy who shot John Lennon um, said that like um, he got frustrated that this dude was singing about. Uh, world peace and like you know being uh, like you know not having enough happiness from a yacht and so he was he could just couldn't square the 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 dichotomy of it Um, and I think like the Beatles would be the first people to tell you that like their or none of their riches meant anything for, for for them from a from a spiritual point of view and so like why do you want to aspire to a spiritually bankrupt uh you know form of success rather than something that like 
is on your terms and like it actually involves the revolutionary components that you want in your life and so on. So, yeah, I mean, that was a little long winded, but, uh, you know, that's kind of the that's kind of the point. See, the revolutionary sacrifice yeah, no, can be I mean, as appealing. Yeah, no, and that's where they're and uh, yeah, like uh, that's easy. like the the, the um, like the movement and understanding that there are, you know, there's an organization that's actually working for, you know, the betterment of people's lives is something that that needs and is is, is being built um when it comes you know when it, but that's it like, like going back to art you know artists and, and you know like why would you choose a certain way like going back to ic it's like i don't know that ice tea actually wanted to kill cops i know that an artist made a song about killing cops and so if people don't if if an artist isn't coming into artistry if they're not doing work and this isn't to say everything needs to be you know, I hear the dog barks. I'm reading Karl Marx. You know, like it doesn't all have to be <laughs> that shit. <laughs> you know, uh, but if if the person making art is definitely not reinforcing bad fucking, you know, like like imperialist narratives, like Kendrick Lamar, like J. Cole, right? If you aren't talking actual serious anti-revolutionary shit. Like like them, oh, and and Jay and doing you know, like uh, counter labor actions like Jay Z, you know this these then you know like that's that's the point, right? Is that Jay Z can talk about you know uh, uh, impoverished New Yorkers' perspective all he wants, but he never made music because uh, he wanted to alleviate the conditions of the places that he came from, right? And that's that's the difference. Um, is that only artists that are coming in within that framework will act that way. Everyone else is trying to make it because it is, you know, what is, uh, focused on, you know, it's what's seen in our society as like the greatest fucking thing, right? It can be famous. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think it'd be foolish for us to expect artists to come in and act in that way. I mean, like famous people seem to suck at being famous for some reason. Like the first, pe- the first thing that like you see when somebody's famous, it's like they're always complaining about like people are like you know following them, blah blah blah. It's like paparazzi and like uh, people are harassing them online, etc. And I can imagine like you know there's a ton of things that come from being famous, etc. Then it's like it seems like they make it sound as if being famous is the worst thing in the world. And if if that's the case, then why aspire to it? You know, and it's like. I- the the flip side is i think we and this is kind of the priority and the prerogative of the program as well that uh, marcus and i are trying to host which is that number one we want a different um metric of uh, fame where fame is not just um de- it's devoid of accountability where accountability will lead to compl- where, like being held accountable will lead to complaining like uh, if katy perry endorsed uh, rick caruso for mayor like who's a just practically a Republican or actually a Republican, then uh, you will face the consequences of the people that are your followers or whatever, like who are going to turn on you and say that like, hey, why are you doing this? This is completely contrary to, uh, you know, the interests of the people. And uh, it just sucks to see you becoming like a a shill for this person just because you have some business entanglements with them. The tons of people, the tons of celebrities who just like hopped on board crypto uh, the moment like it was revealed probably that like, you know, a lot of their management and corporations 
organizations that are associated with uh, entertainment uh, are probably invested heavily in Web3. Um, it's just like nauseating to see that like these are all like bird-brained idiots who are uh, just essentially trying to just have their relationships like you know fulfill their relationships with their you know financial relationships and that's basically it that's the extent of fame like we talked about this a little while earlier fame is basically a small group of people who are doing business with each other and they just happen to have the distribution channels and the networks to make sure that their work reaches more people than the average person uh, can and like essentially they leverage that over and over to even take somebody from the lower strata of society to essentially you know give the people what they want basically which is more entertainment that has more revolutionary messaging blah 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 it's like it's the same shit over and over again there's going to be a next an act who gets i mean i honestly hope that chris smalls is not someone who falls for this kind of shit i mean like so far it seems like that's not the case and also of course he has the amazon labor union to hold him accountable and thankfully he has that and that's what i think we need where if you all of you there's 32 people in this room right now i'm i hope that more people came and went uh, are listening to this then basically try to follow or practice a form of at the at the moment i suppose uh, consumption and uh, listenership that is not just passive consumption but an active form of like uh, engagement with not just the art and the craft but also the individual the person who uh, the artist who's producing the art and the craft um and if it is just like something that is uh, released wide released by a major studio or a major record label then you know treated as such that this is a person who is reifying themselves like drake comes out with an album that's supposed to be a reinvention of the wheel uh 20 years ago 25 years ago when nobody gave a fuck about the kind of stuff that people people did right like and and it's like tomorrow somebody's going to put out a song that's going to be a replica of something someone did and like we had la bruja on who hopefully is going to come on the call and show soon enough like we'll probably get her um who's a a legend of the underground uh, new york hip hop scene in the 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 latina hip hip hop scene uh, where like uh, was a witch before it was cool and right now uh, everybody around the corner uh, is like self proclaiming themselves as a witch and so on this is like there's a deep rooted indigenous um, you know kind of history behind like the identification as a witch and like uh, witchcraft and stuff like that and it not only was it culturally appropriated the people who actually did it first never got any credit and like uh, you can keep going like even me too was something that uh, the original person who initiated that movement even there like the movement itself didn't get any upliftment it's just one person got like you know paraded around and like given awards and stuff like and that's basically what they do they'll pluck one person out of the bottom and then feed that person so that that person shuts the fuck up and nobody else has the power to uh, act otherwise anyway and the i think the the only thing that we owe ourselves and the only thing that we can do is um, stop engaging with this crap and like basically i see a lot of uh, optimism in the fact that people stopped consuming very significantly uh, mainstream news cnn plus tanked like just ate shit i have 
not felt as much joy as i felt when i like actually saw them uh, come out and like reveal that they're closing it's not even that they're like cutting down or anything like that this was a very hyped came and went nobody's talking about it it's wild like th- this is supposed to be the biggest news network outside india people know cnn like as the place where you'll actually get the news like people say cnn is where um outside outside the united states in india like i can tell you cnn is supposed to be the place where like you know you get the best news and what bbc and cnn what not it's like tanked completely out and, and i think that like if we can retain that energy for popular culture one day maybe we won't be ha- having to put up with uh, propaganda anymore you know maybe we'll actually have uh, more of uh, support for uh, like community organizing than it would then there would be for uh, cops yeah no and i think i mean like this, this is something that's like there's something that like yeah, it takes time you know like it's something that takes time um and it takes organizers it takes you know volunteer you know people volunteering you know people because like you know like people were just able to add in it takes um the artists themselves to have have an understanding of how they can you know kind of like try and build a better role you know or be, be like build a, a more coherent overarching you know like role um in the movement and and be able to spread that culture you know um because yeah you know and like uh actually i was talking with uh you know like jason miles from this is revolution um we you know we were having a talk and he was he, he, gave, he was talking about this band that ended up making it um and how they 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 renovated one of those like you know half sized uh school buses um to so basically they had a mobile concert venue uh and so they would drive around to some of the more popular punk shows that they wouldn't have any chance of getting on stage and playing at and they would play for people waiting in line you know and then eventually you know someone writes about them you know some other uh um some other uh, uh um artist that's popular says oh hey you know this is a you know they get these two mentions and then they get a record deal and then at that point you know they've got like two albums they don't go anywhere you know because they had a great idea of a way to reach people you know but what they you know ended up relying on of like this fame you know and like a record deal you know that that's you know driving around a renovated half school bus isn't something that is <laughs> an actual like artistic uh draw you know um it's a gimmick but that's the thing is what if uh you know people are able to do that at picket lines or at protests what if there's some type of you know way to actually you know or even i mean like things too it's like in some cases you know like somebody could do it like a picket line you know a lot more than the protests uh, in, in a lot of cases. Um, but yeah, you know, like, are there ways to incorporate culture um, into the movement and, and then let the, like the cycles feed itself? Yeah. I mean, like uh, I think in a nutshell, like be the change you want to see in the world. I think like that's essentially um, I think it's inspiring for me. I think it's inspiring for anyone. And I think like of all the things that you can There's a lot of stuff that Gandhi did and said that's like problematic and like that's a, a topic for another day but I think this is this stands 
I think like even the worst uh, detractors of uh, Gandhi and like his uh, politics would still agree with this statement. It's because it's a, it's a, it's an, an antiseptic, harmless, innocuous little statement. Not everybody can be the change that they want to want to see in the world. Okay, then don't you know like that. But if you can, then do it. I think that's uh, that's something to always live by. Uh, by the way, we've uh, gone on for a bit. Like, is there anyone who wants to talk to us? Uh, we're talking to ourselves. Uh, we would love to hear from some of you. Uh, if you have something to say, uh, we can sound off uh, on the topic of propaganda. We can just uh, chat about anything about your life if you want to talk. Um, anything goes. Uh, we are obviously open for calls. Feel free to call in. After all, that's the name of the app. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is, and, and, I, and even, like, kind of even going on, like, propaganda, and also, I think, like, anti-cop culture that kind of went away, and, and which is very funny. Uh, well, it's funny and sad to even think about is like, considering um, NASCAR, you know, and I'm not know if you're, like, familiar with this, um, but the sport of NASCAR, you know, it comes from um, an era in uh prohibition prohibition era you know like alcohol is not legal and you know they ended up developing cars that were faster than the police in order to you know make the alcohol shipments you know um then you know this ended up being a, a sport that develops into nascar in which case they're just testing who's got the fastest car to get away from the cops but <laughs> now it's turned into you know, a lot of that constituency has lost their fuck cops drive. Um, and it's, it's now turned into like a blue lives matter, um, type of thing. But this is really just cultural. It's a culture war that, that has, that has just really landed blows and won, you know, and it's basically playing off of racism and, you know, like racist narratives of, you know, who are, the cops are protecting you from, you know, either the illegals or, you know, those gang members, right? And we all know who they're talking about. Um, which, and like, that's it. regardless if there is any threat to them, you know, regardless of if, if black people or brown people exist in their, you know, community, it does not matter. You know, it's the idea um, that, you know, there's, people coming right and, and the, the border is something that gets a lot but that's yeah that's something that used to be there in the culture uh especially like in the south when you talk about country music and shit like that that used to be like the thing you know moonshine and and moonshine and, and like you know running running alcohol and all that type of shit like that is an anti-establishment behavior um that yeah, it, it, that over time it can be degraded and it turned into, you know, this kind of this weird thing that like we're the same people who have such reverence for the American flag that you know oh you need to respect the flag and all these things will literally you know change the flag they will literally you know go against the U.S. flag they will change the colors and makeup of the United States flag. In order to, you know, which is like just their, their authority, into their authoritarian narrative of, yeah, like blue lives matter more than any other else. You know, like let's say blue lives matter, like, 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 like it's literally just saying like, 
this they, they the blue lives are paramount. And you go to the, like there are a lot of people in Uvalde who know when it comes to yeah when when it comes to, like cops in their mind, kids are below blue blue lives. That's under yeah under the listing. I mean, like I remember a few years ago, um, Dave Chappelle saying it's not a blue life, it's a blue suit. Take it off and hang it up if they, if you're not up for the job. And it's like the same guy, <laughs> four years later, five years later, is doing the kind of shit that you know we see him doing. And it's like, uh, I think basically this is this is kind of I think something to also keep in mind as far as things. It's like the last thing that I think I want to kind of add to this topic, which is um, right now there is definitely an appetite for uh, social justice content and like anything that is anti-establishment because the establishment knows i mean like as is the case with the ruling today i hate to be a doomer about this but i am like i think this is the beginning of the end for uh, a lot of like liberal politics I, be- I really believe this because like you're going to start seeing how ineffectual liberal politics itself is and it's like basically it's like the reactionaries and the and the right wing winning and like if this is anything else if you think that this is anything beyond that and if there's any more optimism you can fight and wing it back you think that is i i find it like extremely naive and i hope to be proven wrong uh but i really think that this is the beginning of the uh, of a right wing full-fledged like show of force if there ever was one i think like essentially all liberal political movement or whatever like uh, organize organizations are going to have that ass handed to them so given this uh, situation given how ineffectual they are they are not going to be able to produce content worth shit for people to actually really uh, hold on to because all of the shit that they're going to be saying is going to sound so fucking hollow that people i mean like this is half the population that we're talking about this is not a fringe issue anymore this is not like um minority issue because the whole concept of a minority issue is that they're in the minority this is not a minority issue this is half the country so basically th- nobody is going to look at uh, small things that like posturing that like today barack obama comes out and tweets some garbage and like this is basically this fucker like had the had the power to like do something about it and he didn't and like all of these people had the power to do something about it and they didn't and like everything is going to ring like that so given the current circumstances i feel like there is going to be so much appetite among people and like that and, and, the, and the corporations obviously will look at it as market demand right like they're going to want to give you these radical narratives like there's going to be like the uh, movies and you know um, songs about like uh, empowerment and like this and that and whatnot i genuinely think that none of those will land i think they will all fail because they are all fake and i think like that started happening already and like this happened started happening under trump itself because people saw that all the shit that they're seeing on the tv is not working out because clearly something antithetical to that is happening in reality people can see shit so that's why a movie like parasite completely out of the you know ordinary that nobody even expected anything like that here uh in the united states is in korean it's in a different language is actually one of the year's biggest hits one best picture at the oscar and so on i think like there's going to be more opportunities like that for actual radical messaging to reach people and i think that like this is the time when we can actually you know pierce through the bullshit and get the people what kind of messages like i've had this idea for i'm like i'll like literally throw this out there whoever like if there's a screenwriter in the audience oh shit there's actually a caller i guess like we should take the call first 
I'll wait for the, I'll wait for the caller to. Okay, let's let's. Uh, if this is, I I kind of like. I mean, if all of the Judas and the Black Messiah type, uh, you know, um, movies about uh, revolutionaries and stuff that we had uh, so far, I feel like I've I told you this, Marcus. Like I have this idea that like you kind of want uh, to imagine an alternate universe and like multi universe, like you know, parallel universes and alternate universes are like really popular now. So you imagine an alternate universe where like the the Black Panthers survived. Not only did they survive, they're vampires now. So they're actually like, so you can't kill them. So they come back and like, essentially now they're going, they're taking revenge on the FBI. And like, basically whoever wants to write this story can, can because I don't have the time or the bandwidth to do it. So uh, let's take this uh, call. Doc's always a great caller. So Doc, you're on. Peace and blessings. Good evening or good afternoon. If you're here in the West Coast. Uh, Good afternoon to you too as well. How's it going? Doing well. I mean, set aside from all the the bad news, but when you're always pessimistic, nothing seems uh, too uh, surprising. And for me, I get you know a lot of that pessimism just from my experiences within the military, and that's where it kind of conditions you to already expect the worst. So you're just always not necessarily just reacting towards it, but you're just always prepared for it. So that's where it kind of helps me uh, cope with a lot of the craziness of the world. Um, but kind of uh, going on what you were, you were saying, Karthik, you know, you're always on point, but definitely right now it's been a little bit uh, doomer about the Supreme Court's decision. It's just kind of uh, tumbling after this. You know, they're going to be going after uh, marriage equality, uh, so many different things. <laughs> Even I, I wouldn't be surprised if they struck down interracial marriage. I mean, I think Clarence Thomas is, is that committed to uh, white supremacy that he would <laughs> annul his not, marriage to his wife. <laughs> He's not as committed to his wife. <laughs> cool. it's, like, it's like that. I was trying to share that thing on stream today uh, from Dave Chappelle, uh, Clinton, uh, Clayton Bigsby. That, that, <laughs> Where you know that parable just really fits in uh, to what Clarence Thomas represents, but um, it's just uh, it's disheartening because you see people not not uh, you know getting gra- you know capturing the gravity of the moment, but it's just uh, you now it's very disheartening and the only little uh, optimism I have that I can draw from is just. Uh, Objectively, uh, is you know, right now for me, it's the struggles that are going in Ukraine right now, where you're seeing these people of all all political backgrounds are you know are uniting and fighting together. You know, even though you have right wing extremists within their ranks, you know, they have also you know Jewish Ukrainians, uh, Muslim Ukrainians that are fighting. You're getting people from the the caucuses going there to fight to help the Ukrainians, so it kind of says a lot, you know, objectively, regardless of you know what what's your thoughts on it. That if all these people are uniting to fight a collective threat, uh, you know, what does it say about you know us here in the West that we're you know in our camps and fighting to see who's the purest one to be able to you know carry that mantle of revolution. I think, uh, I mean, like, uh, I, I, I do, 
have like a reasonable amount of respect for uh, for for the sovereignty of Ukraine and all of that but i would say that the example of ukraine to me kind of like foreshadows uh, what is likely to happen here as well because like the idea of uh, as far as i at least like understand the geopolitics which i can't expect ex- expect to be an expert in it um, but my sense is that like uh, it is a right wing led nationalist um what do you say defense and there and i think that's what is going to happen here as well like i feel like the the kind of the nationalism is going to become uh more palpable rather than and this isn't just like being doomerist it's just like i think we have to see it for what it is it's that like if some if there is a right wing like i mean i why why even sugarcoat it like if nazis are like taking up a cause and like if there is a uh a, a multi multi a cultural coalition that is like building around it then it is a uh, you know right wing um effort and i think like that's basically what is happening here as well like essentially even the anti cop uh sorry not anti cop but the anti defund movement is like getting a lot of like cultural support from like uh we spoke about it yesterday with Amanda Yi uh, a lot of cultural support from Asians a lot of uh, latino uh people are like trying to vote uh republican and this is like in the news all the time and i think basically what is happening is the is the kind of consolidation behind a, a right wing nationalism that is going to become uh, very uh, you know the the 21st century american uh, us character i think and i think like this is kind of what uh, even the ukrainian situation seems to be um, revealing which is that like nationalism is a hell of a drug and like uh, whoever takes it is going to you know going to lead whatever i don't know if there is that going to be a revolutionary movement i'm i'm not quite sure i think that like essentially we're witnessing the return of uh, just full on reactionary right wing um you know um leadership and well uh, we i think like at a community level need to combat that i feel like i don't i don't i don't know if we would be able to derive a positive messaging from that and that's where you you're, you're exactly on point about the the rise of kind of that ethno state but kind of surrounding cloaking itself with um being patriotic you know like we have people running around on on twitter on twitch saying they're patriotic socialists mm-hmm. and that and it's, it's just very oxymoronic that you know people are are willing to coincide their entire beliefs around this notion but that's where the dangerous aspect of it is now especially um with our our the rhetoric that's been against china you know the last five years everything's so anti-asian anti-china and that's why they're so willing to you know protect uh white hegemony that they're willing to go to war with the the most populous country in the world and where you know so all we do is manufacture weapons here and we can't produce baby formula it was just this past week another child died from uh tainted baby formula from that company abbot and so it's just uh i guess it's hard to not hard to a positive but definitely the the pessimism it's uh it's so much to kind of take in something's got to become the last straw i think and i feel like uh 
I mean, as long as we can kind of prevent, I feel like this is there is definitely more of an onus on, especially more marginalized communities, to to really prevent this uh, tendency uh, among people to like just fold to this form of patriotism, like saying, you know, whatever the, you know, at least like these people have a plan or something like that. It's like if you just vote Republican just because like they have a plan, then um, that plan is to kill you. So would you be cool with that? I mean, I'm not saying that they are trying to do that, but a lot of things that are discussed as policies are tantamount to that. So, and the Democrats are basically, uh, you know, they, their plan is basically to keep using these issues to ask for votes and like uh, and whatnot, not really govern or anything like that. So basically, you are left with uh, having to fend for yourself. And I think that like essentially there is a there is an impetus right now uh, to uh, in community organizing, especially in more marginalized communities to to stop the the kind of bleeding into more um, right wing tendencies because there is a nihilism overall that is very palpable because it seems like institutionally there is no way that like there is a there is a form that, that a form of victory for the people is possible and so we i think like we really need to a before going for that institutional victory i think b before like uh, even attempting that you need to uh, kind of convince people in your respective communities not to give up yet i think Marcus, you're unmuted. So yeah, well, no, yeah, yeah. No, I, um, yeah, and I think like when it comes to like like the patriotic socialism and you know it's just like basically like a mad bullshit, you know, like it, it really, I think people have to understand a, you know, like your specific town or city or community isn't America as a whole. It, it's not the United States government, you know, which. It does actions irrespective of the populace's wishes. Um, so, yeah, having, you know, people just need to have a fucking actually true understanding of what the real culture is. Cause, and this is something that we've talked about before, um, uh, Carly, you and I, is that if you're in Pittsburgh and you want to tie into the culture around steel workers and you know helping build communities do that if you are in a community that's you know like west virginia coal mining you know and you want to tie into the narrative of literally being of the of the workers who powered a nation do that if you know and like agriculture I mean, there's so many things, you know, you could go and I mean, like, hell, even if in, in the tech industry, I'm just saying, like, there are enormous advances with science and technology. Like, you can be proud of those things and still have the understanding that some of the things that that coal powered, some of the mechanisms that that steel was used to build actually helped fucking destroy it. And try to go up and mute. Sounds like you're grinding up something. <laughs> Um, I thought I was on mute. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's all good. You can have these understandings that these these communities did that thing. And that hard work is worth uh, exalting. That hard work is is worth praising, you know. But when when you get to the line of the United States government, that's where it has to stop. We have the understanding that the power dynamics are no longer between a community of workers that are doing something exceptional uh, versus a, a a global power that is 
murdering indiscriminately, right? Like they're just two different things. Um, and, and, and yeah, I know, like, I don't know. Like it's, that's just the failure in understanding, you know, that I think, uh, is there. And it's like, you don't have to, you know, you don't necessarily have to denounce the, the, the idea of having like a communal identity, you know, and, and, you know, like in a sense, you know, that they could like, a, a, like a tie into patriotism, but the idea that like, the thing is like patriotism ties into a nation, you know, and if the nation is the United States government, you're dealing with a power that, you know, uh, that oppresses, that's not a nation that is fighting against oppression, you know, i.e. Vietnam, you know? Yeah. I think like uh, I'm really sorry about the, the I, I I hit the mute button but I thought that I was I was muted but uh, I think like uh, basically if rather than wanting to be uh, identifying yourself as and like this is something that I I feel like comes naturally to me in a way it's like it's very hard for me to identify as Indian because like even in India there isn't really a sense of India because that it's like a a fractured uh, set of like. Uh, language identities that uh, really struggle to reconcile itself into a large whole because um, the the people who speak my language, I mean, like I'm, I come from the south, uh, southern part of India and like we really don't, I, I personally don't speak Hindi and like a lot of people come and like tell me that do you, do you speak Indian? But there is no such thing as Indian as a language uh, the, and there is no such thing as a national language. So there isn't really anything that unifies India other than the the shared history of like uh, British colonialism and whatnot um, and of course like you know you can go back into there is a history of the land and of course and all of that it's, it's a rich, rich history of like invasions and um, uh, rule by uh, you know outside forces etc and that's what like the basic um, uh, the, the right-wing government right now is uh, using as a way to uh, you know, target Muslims in India, especially, which is very horrific. But I think it also exposes the problem of uh, not having a shared national identity outside of like the bigotry that, it, that, that like, you know, you can instill in people in a second, like in a flash, you can just tell them, you know, there's a bunch of people trying to take over your shit and uh, you got to group together. And I think like the patriotic socialists are essentially... Uh, succumbing to this and, and saying that like okay if this is how people want to be organized if the if the republican party is going to organize right wing um you know working working class people into a right wing ideology saying that like uh there's a bunch of people trying to take all of your shit and like you, you better like get your act together and vote for us and like uh, we'll kick them out uh, then essentially, if if a gr- whole group of uh, socialists are gonna like quote unquote socialists are gonna say, oh, that's where the people are at, then you got a problem, and that's the whole issue now. Uh, I think like what I bring naturally is uh, this notion that you cannot have a larger sense of identity that like becomes as large as the state. So you kind of have to start with your small community and like uh, organize that community and like you know try to get those people on board with whatever bullshit that you believe in and, you know, see if uh, they are coming on board. And uh, if they do, then good. You got a group of people who you actually uh, can influence or who can be, uh, who who you can be influenced by. And I think like, basically uh, you got to start from that rather than to aspire to some sense of like, Oh, uh, we all believe in the constitution. The Democrats always fucking do that. Like every time, like they have to start with the constitution and it's like, why? You know, is that what like the the average American immediately identifies with? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I feel like uh, there are a lot no, of people no. who had a. 
Man, I, I feel yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there, there are a lot of people who had a frame of reference, uh, you know, that I was able to share uh, with. And like, I mean, uh, so, <laughs> this thing that I would say, which is a little disheartening in this context, is also really ridiculous. But uh, the number of um, and and this is like, of course, there's only one type of, of, of offender for this. So the number of uh, white people who felt like totally comfortable in like incorporating me into listening to them say the N word uh, is is really it's it's enormous. Like I just like a it's it's insane how much like unity you can achieve. And like I feel like in a way that would be my I've sp- I've told you about this, Marcus. Like it, it's supposed to be my like kind of gateway into the oh you're cool with that, right? Like it's you're cool with being as racist as we are, and it's like. Well, if that is the true character of the United States, then, you know, you got some work to do, I feel. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, that's, that, you know, I get, like, that is, you know, and that's, like, it's only too is that, like, you know, which there are, you know, like, I've seen this, like, litigated in, in, in with some, like, online, you know, media people. And, like, saying the N-word, you know, like, between a white and a black person, and, like, the white person, they're openly saying, like, no, if, if you won't allow me to say it, then you're trying to censor my free speech, which is, a, you know, and it's like all these fucking things where it's like, holy shit, like, what the fuck is going on? But, like, that is, and, you know, like, that, I like, the, the, that is the underlying culture, right? White, land, white nationalism, you know? Uh, deference to land only, landowners and property owners, right? Like, that's, that's just the, actual real underlying narrative in this country um and then that 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 spreads out into yeah like the it, like the, the just the hey this is cool right <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, but it's, i mean more and more cultures would ask, yeah it's like they know it's like you have to ask you know it's fucked up yeah. right but it's like you know what it boils down to is 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 whiteness able to leverage power or not um and you see, right, that, like, people are upset. You know, they, people get very, very upset, to, like, when they understand it's like they, that you don't have power over someone. And this is, comes out with, you know, black people and, and they were saying, oh, you know, like, don't say a word, you know, like, this pushback of, like, oh, my God, why can't, you know, this is this is hurting America and free speech and all that shit to people being, you know, just being upset that they can't go to a restaurant and yell at servers and, you know, and, and act that sometimes, you know, like some type of control um, over over somebody else. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I think the, the bottom line is you guys, you just gotta um, make peace with your surroundings and like your neighborhood and like uh, your community. And I don't think there is an alternative to that. Like, I don't think we can just like find our little silos in, uh, uh, online spaces and uh, as comforting as it is for us to have you as an audience and like be listening to kind of our uh, shit that we spew for uh, going two and two hours and 15 minutes now um, it is still I think uh, vital for us to go out there and actually engage with the community around us and like uh, in every interaction try to like actually um, make your and, and not shy away from the from the politics that you embody and like clearly you're listening to listening to us on up to this point because you actually believe in this shit like and and as coy as we can try to play with the whole like placing of the star on the 
uh, the, the logo and everything and like, you know, uh, kind of trying to like say wink, wink, socialist. It's like clearly, yeah, you, you at least buy into this to an extent. I mean, like, let's, you know, stop kidding ourselves here. Right. So if you do believe in that, then like, you know, make it make it apparent in the kind of conversations that you have in society. I know for a lot of people, it's going to involve some amount of uh, physical risk because uh, maybe people like uh, not be as uh, accepting as an online space would be uh, in you know, accepting you as a as as someone who has socialist politics, but you know, like you would have a frame of reference through which you can get get to know people and and get close enough that you can actually re- reveal yourself to be someone who has this politics, and maybe they won't be as surprised if you um, actually reveal then after you have gained that trust to a certain extent. And I'm like, uh, not talking about like full on indoctrination, like evangelizing or anything. It's just you know. It's not like like I, like we were uh, saying a little earlier. Like uh, the only way you can really influence the people is by being the role model that you know you wish you had. And I think, um, and people might be wanting that more than you think they are. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like that's something that we put on over and over again. Is that you know like these these you know grand narratives that are being pushed? It's they're so obviously out of touch with lived experience of of, day, of working class people um that that you know it there's there's ends you know there's ways to get people on board uh with the message but um oh i think that might be a good place to to wrap it up because i need to yep. eat some food <laughs> yeah uh any anybody else want to say anything call no we can we can definitely wrap it. We got a we got a pretty cool song to wrap it up with. So thank you for listening. This is your little gift. It's a pretty melodious and sweet sounding song that I was very surprised. This was Marcus's recommendation. Um, this is by RMR. Uh, the song is called Marcus. What's the song called? It's uh, it's called Rascal, um, and it's uh, it's it's a remake off of uh, a Rascal Flat song. Um, but this is. Uh, <laughs> This is one of my favorite. This is yeah, one of my top favorite now. Fuck twelve uh, Friday songs. So have a good weekend, y'all. And I can definitely uh, come back uh, next week. Yeah. yeah, Wednesday we're gonna have a pretty cool guest for you. Uh, we're gonna have Ben Norton on a little earlier, uh, seven p.m. instead of eight. And Friday we've got a pretty cool musical guest uh, who uh, we will reveal on Wednesday. So here is Aramar with. Rascal. Rolling money at your fool. Who gets my proof? All my niggas put them on. I promise I will lose. I have shown and found a plan. From the extra, show me love. Now I'm flashing in a red. By hating on me too. And every sleepless night Let me to where I am Bitches that broke my heart They became hoes I scam Show me a better way Promise I'll quit this game This much I know it's true I came up and so could you Fuck the boys in blue For twelve, for twelve For twelve, for twelve For twelve, for twelve
this much I know 